Live from the Big G's Pizza Studio on Clark Street, this is Five Songs with Friends, Chicago's Music Discovery Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Five Songs with Friends. This is your host, DJ Podgorny, and we're coming at you live from the Big G's Pizza Studio on Clark Street, home of Chicago's best mac and cheese pizza. Guys, I've got a very special guest in the house today, Braham Mehta. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Good. Did I say your last name right? Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. Okay, perfect. That's good. I'm usually, like, once again, my calling mm-hmm. card is I am terrible at pronouncing things. Oh, my God, I am too. I'm terrible at remembering things in general, so yeah. even the, the pronunciation is, is next level. I know, dude. Thank God for technology, dude. What would we do? I know. I was talking with someone about this, like uh, how um, if you ever like not know how to pronounce like something in a meeting and something in like the last second, you're like Googling it and you're like going on YouTube, you're like how to pronounce this. Yeah. Thing. And then you can pull up the headphones and you hit that uh, the volume button on the on the Google Translate and it'll just it'll tell, tell it to you right there. Right. Dude, I, what a world we live in. Yeah, it really is incredible. Robots telling us how to speak our own language. Yeah. Yeah. I really want to use those. uh I think Google Glass has it now or some of those uh, like AR um, apps where you can like translate things in real time. Have you seen that? You like walk around Google Maps and you can like, oh, look yeah, at, yeah. at signs and, and whatever and it'll just translate it right there. I've seen, yeah, I've seen like people use it in Japan or whatever, like in Tokyo where there's just like yeah, crazy yeah. shit going on all over the That's place. Exactly it. But I've never used it. You, you used it? No, no. I don't think it's, uh, is it out yet? Is it, yeah, <laughs> is it, it for like... the general public? <laughs> is it knows, just like man. a top secret uh you know, military thing. Uh, you know, probably. Yeah. Pro- I, we'll just go with that. For now. <laughs> Makes sense. No one knows, man. I, what I can't wait for is like, they had someone against like probably secret military stuff, mm-hmm. but they have like the prototypes where it's like headphones you put in that like can translate in real time. Oh, wow. That's the shit. That's really cool. That's going to be amazing. That's out, right? Yeah, I've I, heard some, uh, people so. like using that, like they'll hold, they'll be holding their phone up to their, uh, their ear while someone in another language is like talking and it'll just translate real time. I've heard it's that's, a thing. I haven't used it. So that's insane. I mean, if it isn't, if it doesn't exist yet, it's got to exist in like five yeah. to 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. And then at that point, why, why even learn languages? Do you know, <laughs> yeah. do you speak any other different languages? No, I don't. I took, uh, what was it? Like eight years of latin so my, y- my language skills are pretty pretty useless uh i could translate like scripture back in the day or like you know kind of piece together some french and spanish but uh yeah nothing at this point what compelled you to take latin were you like, forced to take it no it was i think we could choose in grade school between latin french and spanish and latin seemed like the most fun because i had like a fun teacher she was like kind of young and just like the kids do whatever she wanted uh and then like going into high school, they also had the more fun teachers in Latin. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stick with Latin. And it, I mean, it was a great time. I learned a lot, I think. Um, but yeah, I've forgotten it all by this point. <laughs> That's so crazy, man. Yeah. Like, I wonder what's going through that like teacher's head when they're like, like when she told her he or she told her parents like yeah i'm gonna go I'm gonna be a latin teacher i'm gonna be a teacher oh yeah. that, that's great you know not the most uh you know f- financially successful career yeah which is yeah. a shame by the way we should fucking pay teachers yeah more. actually so actually one of my teachers in uh in uh high school was he was amazing he, he was actually had his doctorate in like classical studies and something taught at northwestern for a while and then wanted like kind of a more chill career i think and came to new trier where i went to high school and I got like, I was really close with him. He actually reached out to me like, I don't know, a year or so ago, but like super smart guy. And I think he just taught Latin because it was like, 
the romantics. It was like kind of like a really cool history lesson as well with like all of the language and like, you know, like what else do you need than teach something, you know, really well for like kids that are somewhat engaged. Yeah. Well, dude, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, you have to be passionate about what yeah. you're teaching, right? Yeah. Um, did you guys do any like field, like sick field trips, like to Europe or anything like that? Oh, Latin. No, no, no nothing to Europe. <laughs> uh, I don't think that was quite in the budget. Um, did we do any? Or like uh, a class trip? Because like, you know, sometimes high schools do like the class trips, right? I don't remember any class trips, but we watch a lot of iClaudius. Have you seen iClaudius? Mm-mm. It's, it's like a uh, really, really old series. Um with uh like the roman emperors and it goes to like claudius and a few of them but it it just depicts them as like the crazy bombastic drunken like rulers that they were like incest and all of it and uh i mean it was quite an entertaining show at like you know 14 years old but wow it sounds like the original game of thrones almost yeah it probably was right honest dude that's so that's that's crazy man i always remember like we never watched anything that cool in school i just remember we had one teacher in health class do you have to take health class yeah yeah we did for some reason, he like on Fridays. I think he was just like hungover, or like I don't know what his deal was, but like he was just lazy. I, <laughs> yeah, he was a kid. Like, he was weirdly a Kiss fan. Like he loved the, the band. Huh. He had like. Posted. I feel like a lot of gym teachers are Kiss fans. Right. It's just they go one and one. <laughs> it's just yeah. They, it's, it goes hand in hand. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Exactly. Um. But uh, it's like pizza and podcast. Just go hand in hand. There you go. More big G's plugs. Anyways. Um. But yeah, he would he would get so lazy on Fridays for health class quote unquote we would watch the oc <laughs> well that's uh somewhat health related i guess i mean yeah i i, I mean i guess it california eating eating clean it, right. <laughs> <laughs> is that i mean it was just like yeah i guess teenagers just you know living the dream going to getting drunk in tijuana cautionary tales <laughs> yeah, i don't know you know that's that's an episode i think somewhere in there i mean i, I feel like that can't be teaching like like great life lessons Right. Like just the OC in general, like whatever they're doing. I never, I don't think I've ever really seen an episode, but from what I've heard, it's just all drugs and kids having yeah. sex with each other. That, that, like Misha Barton is like clearly going through anorexia on the show. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just, it's <laughs> just, it's just a clusterfuck. There's yep. nothing healthy about that show. Yeah. Um, except for Sandy Cohen, the, you know, the, the dad, you know, he's a good role model, the oh. father. So maybe, you yeah. know, maybe there in a go. loose way, that's how it all ties. They're together. just skipping all your teen and like, uh, middle aged years and going right to fatherhood. Yeah, exactly. Teaching you the important lessons. That's it. Yeah, ma- you know what? I think we're uncovering. <laughs> the. La- I'm not going to name the name of the teacher, but he's an interesting guy. He's also one of our football coaches, and he was, uh-huh. uh, um, yeah. I'll just Do you have to teach leave. a sport if you're a PE or health teacher? I don't think you necessarily have to, but, like, you probably should. Yeah. Right? Like, what else? Yeah, that's Why else are you there? Yeah. I don't know, man. Well, I'm glad high school... We're beyond that. We do have some wine today. What uh, what kind of wine did you bring to the table? Oh God, that's a good question. Uh, let's uh, let's dive in. So, are you? Because we had on Mike before. We had Mike, oh yeah, Mike poor Mike, choices. He talked a little bit about poor choices. Mm-hmm. So give us a little plug for poor choices here. Uh, yeah. So, poor choices society is a um, a very exclusive society that we've come up with. I don't know. Maybe might be like four or five <laughs> months old. Um, and it came out of really just an excuse to get drunk off wine on like a on a weekday perfect so okay. everyone brings their own bottle of wine we taste them we we don't know anything about wine so this was a great way for us to kind of like continue drinking wine like explore what we liked talk about it in like a open setting take notes um and then document it of course all of it on instagram so you can follow us at Poor Choices Society uh, on Instagram. Our stories are really our bread and butter. We haven't uh, had too many consistent posts yet, but um, 
yeah, it's like probably about a once a week or so, and uh, it's a ton of fun. It it really ruins uh, you know, the next morning. I tend to work from home those days. Right. <laughs> Are you guys doing one tonight? Because last I think last yeah, week Mike yeah, came we, through. Um, we don't have one scheduled tonight, but it, it'll probably be like early next week. I'm thinking. Okay. Do you ever like just spontaneously just like take over the Instagram? Uh oh yeah, all the time. We've we've been playing with Instagram a little bit where we'll like talk to each other through our stories. So like one person will like. Oh, that's kind of cool. Uh, take a selfie video and like talk about like whatever and then someone else in another place will jump in because we're not all together all the time so then they can mm. jump in add their like take and then move back and forth it can it can circle around Carson's really the um, uh, is the pinnacle of it with the um, the multimedia and like all of the editing it's like it's really good with our with our intros we have a commercial out um so you can check that out it's one of our posts oh you do yeah how can i find that it's uh it's on our instagram i think it's not the last post but it's the post before that oh so I, we're I gonna shoot that. a new one because mike's actually a recent member so we have to we have to like, include him in the next commercial oh is it like an initiation for him yeah well we um he he was just always he was always there so we were just like you know what this makes sense we gotta we gotta have a formal initiation we took a vote and we were like hey hey you're in <laughs> did it oh well, i mean maybe don't disclose the numbers but uh, i mean maybe do actually oh yeah was it a unanimous it vote? was really close i think it was like two, no no it was, it was unanimous <laughs> oh well congrats to you mike mike we're, we're happy for you man um yeah no it looks like you guys have, have a lot of fun where you're doing it is there yeah. is there like one wine in particular that has stood out that you remember oh man um it's hard because the wines at the beginning, I think we remember a little bit more than the wines at the end. Because at, at the end of it, I mean, each one of us has a bottle of wine to themselves. And then you're kind of <laughs> you're a little drunk. Um, I could tell I'm a big fan of the white wines. Okay. Um, so I like kind of the Sauvignon Blanc. And I think they had they have a lot of great ones from New Zealand. That's all I know is like the New Zealand. They're good Sauvignon with their, their white wines in New Zealand. Incredible. Huh. Um, this one's not too bad. Um, yeah. The uh, nineteen crimes was was pretty good. That was one of the first first ones we had, and then we uh, we hit them with a shout out on Instagram, and they replied back. So that was kind of cool. Damn, yeah. they sent over some free stuff, or just uh, like, no, just we got to start working love. on that a little bit more. So we're gonna try and engage wineries a little bit more to like you know ship a case of wine over to us, have a sample <laughs> it, and then you know give give them our feedback. And our feedback will always be amazing because we have no <laughs> idea what we're talking about. If you hear that out there, all, we we test well in the uh, winery demographic. Typically, oh, yeah. uh, a lot of wineries like to put on the podcast just for people that are kind of walking in. You know, they put it on over the loudspeakers. So yeah. this will be, this will. It's brilliant. Yeah. will not fall so upon deaf ears. Any, winery, any wineries out there, feel free to shoot us a box of wine. That's right. At Poor Choice Society on Instagram. Yeah. Oh, we did do a boxed wine um, sampling as well. So we had like Franz Mm. all the different box wines they have at walmart i think there were like six or seven and wow. uh we that was a that like was six a or seven brands or just six, six or, seven or seven types of franzia six or seven brands so we wow. each one was a different brand um some of them huh. were actually quite good some of them were not franzia i thought actually kind of ranked towards the higher end um but a lot of people disagreed with well, me there i'm gonna ask the question that we're all thinking were all of the bags indestructible yeah they were they were pretty indestructible i mean we it took us a couple, maybe a week and a half to finish them all because <laughs> we weren't going to drink a bag of wine in person uh, oh. for the event. So yeah, that's that seems like a daunting task for anyone. <laughs> yeah, jeez. Well, because yeah, like you know, I because you always play slap the bag in college and stuff. And actually, we were at a party together recently where yeah. someone brought a bag. Yeah, we were all slapping the bag. You came in, guns blazing with the bag out. Yeah, everyone I mean, had to slap it. Uh, yeah, that's that was a power move for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, hey, everyone knew him. 
Yeah. By the end of the night. That's it. I think he had a mustache too, which helped. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could be making that up. It was like a handlebar mustache, I think. Yeah. And a man bun. So it's just like, yeah. <laughs> he's just <laughs> an unforgettable character. character. Yeah. We're now Facebook friends. So yeah. um, shout out. I think his name's Dan. Yeah, Dan. Dan, Dan shout Dan. out. Come on the show. We'll talk about your tactics of creating a memorable face yeah. and you know these gestures <laughs> teach stand us out. teach us your tricks yeah teach us the ways it's marketing 101 right there um yeah i like i like what you guys are doing with poor choice i think it's a lot of fun to like watch the instagram videos it looks like you guys are just yeah i mean we're mostly just having it. fun with it yeah <laughs> there's oh, nothing else it to it yeah, yeah. Which i is think nice. we might try and get a little bit more serious about you know having the posts and getting more followers because right now uh we made a rule that we can only follow the four of us so we don't follow anyone but uh actually we just added mike so there's five technically so there's five of us that poor choice society is following and i'm like maybe that's not the best strategy to gain followers but you know whatever works we're kind of that exclusive type of club so right yeah (laughs) we don't want followers (laughs) fuck followers i I take that back do not follow us at poor choices society that's actually kind of that's good reverse psychology though yeah don't follow them whatever you do don't go to their page don't look at the little blue rectangular <laughs> box that says follow. And do not click follow. Whatever you don't click it. Unless. Unless. Unless you know, uh, we should go private. That'll really get people. You know, you ever see those Instagram accounts that are private and you're like, I really want to know what's going on here. Right, right. You're or like, you're like someone mm-hmm. sends you a post from a private account and you're like, I can't see it because I gotta what a follow tease, them. Right. You no. Know? Then you follow them, but it takes them like three hours to like accept the follow and then by that point it doesn't doesn't even matter right you've forgotten about yeah. them you're already who cares like three taco Bell and then you, you're, you follow them for the next like two years <laughs> <laughs> they don't post it's just yeah. it's a nightmare it's a whole thing oh this whole instagram world man yeah. what do we you know we just live in this culture of <laughs> <laughs> taking pictures yeah you know fucking a man well this is a music podcast we do play music I like and music. so you've got five songs yeah, it was pretty difficult, but I think I, I narrowed them down. Yeah, well, walk me through what was going through your head during this exercise because tip. Oh man, I really wanted to put crazy. all the weird music I listened to. Like, I, I would call it more of like a sound experience than I would like mm. music over a podcast. I think I was telling you about um, this guy. I uh, <clears throat> I don't I don't want to say used to listen to, but had listened to. His name was uh, Ryo, Ryoji Aikida. Uh, R Y. O J I I K E D A. Okay. Um, and he like experiments with like the, I want to say like the um, physical limits of sound that you can hear and kind of like raw sound. So he uses like a lot of white noise and like sine waves and manipulation of that sound in like the most basic form. I want to like clipping, um, tra- uh, transforming it into a different wave pattern and then all like the limits of your hearing as like a human to like high to low and he's he talks about like essentially some of the highest pitches you you can't hear until they come away so he will like superimpose some like really obscure like really high pitch noise and then you won't notice that you're listening to it until he takes it away from the song i don't even know if i can call them songs they're pretty pretty out there like a lot of clicking um white noise that type of stuff and uh I took this class in college that had, um, it was based in Max, Max MSP, if you've heard of it. It's like a visual programming language. Okay. So you would, uh, you'd essentially have these boxes that you could type in different commands and different wave patterns, and then you could link them up, and you could create anything from like a synth to like a beat machine to a controller for, we had these like, um, it was, there was this like golf game that had like strings attached to this uh, board that you attached a golf club to. And then when you swung, 
it would kind of know but based on these two strings in two different places would know like where your swing was ending up so we would use that to like control this program and like be able to like make different noises and um, pitches depending on how high or uh, low you like pulled the strings um, so anyway I used this program to like as my final project to like make a song based off Ryoji Aikido's music. It was really, really out there stuff. And I was like, I wanted to put it on here, but it was, I could not succumb your listeners to like four <laughs> music, four minutes of just like beats and clicks. That's so, I mean. So if you're interested, look it up afterwards. Do you but. get like pleasure out of the music when you listen to it? Or no, is it more just like it's more of like expanding? A, it's more of like a thought experiment, I would want to say. Like a like oh wow this is interesting what's going on here like it's not necessarily like something i would put on at a party <laughs> right well because like i had heard about um there's this one band that i really like they're called lowercase noises and it's mm-hmm. just like this instrumental it's kind of like a you, do you know explosions in the sky yeah yeah it's kind of like that but like a little more mild version of that mm-hmm. but i had once typed in like lowercase noises to uh into like google to find like one of their youtube videos or something but there's a wikipedia page for them and mm-hmm. i clicked on it and there's actually a subgenre of music called lowercase noises, which is oh. just a genre of music where people make music using um, just like shit you find in your apartment. So like mm-hmm. this one guy made an entire album of just sounds of paper ripping. Wow. And like, yeah, that's like, and like crumpling weird... up paper and stuff. Yeah. And so like there's, it's weird. Yeah. Like kind know? of thought experiments with sound. I will say like Ryoji Akita does tour and has like visual stuff with his music. So like the, the, he'll like sell out some like arena and like not uh, sorry not arena but some venue Madison Square Garden <laughs> Madison Square, click, click 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 um, that would be like uh, some like Matrix shit yeah dude. right <laughs> and like so he like will cover like the whole ground and background and lights and it'll all be black and white and be like trip it's it's I mean, the it does type sound of trippy, stuff that yeah. basically will put you into a seizure uh, <laughs> but it's it's I mean it's really cool. So yeah, would recommend. Well, inter- well, thanks for sharing some background on this type of yeah. this sub obscure subgenre. Yeah, music. so those were the kind of the songs I was thinking about putting it like stuff like that. But I was like, you know, and I'm gonna put in some some more like a wholesome, uh, good good songs. Yeah. Good so we got a nice little funky track to start it off by Herbie yeah. Hancock. What's the song about? What is it? Um, so it's called Watermelon Man. It was actually, um, I believe, the original was by Cannonball Ball uh, Aldery. Okay. His name. Um, it's a jazz track and Herbie Hancock. So this is one of the songs that actually got me really pumped in jazz. I like I was I started playing saxophone probably in like fourth grade and I, I like dabbled with classical for a little bit and I sort of joined the jazz band freshman year and then this was like one of the songs that was like, you know, this is this could be for me. This is this is pretty cool stuff. So um How did yeah. you how did you get into playing sax? Uh, I think I was kind of just forced to by my mom. <laughs> it was, like, like, was I think she like everyone pick an played, instrument or was she like pick this one? Well, everyone played, uh, everyone was acquired to like take up an instrument. I was like in a really small school of like 60 kids. So we were like, um, everyone like picked an instrument. We had a day where we like walked around, we like looked at all of them and toiled, toiled around with them a little bit. I mean, no one could make any sounds on any of them. And I actually really want to play trumpet. And then my mom and like, I think the parents came like later and they decided with our music teacher, um, shout out to Nick Meyer, he's the man. He, uh, th- so they decided later that like whatever instrument we were going to play. And my mom was like, oh, you're going to play saxophone because saxophone's a great instrument. I'm like, I, I don't understand. <laughs> I wanted to play trumpet. Um, but no, it ended up being great. I played for like all fourth grade through like senior year. Um, I did pick up bassoon kind of two years later because I thought that was Ooh. a crazier instrument. 
Interesting. You don't hear many people talk about the bassoon these days. Yeah, I basically picked it because it looked like a bong, and I was like, "This, this looks cool." Uh, nice. Yeah, I like yeah. it. Well, hell yeah, let's jump into it. This is a song called "Watermelon Man" by Herbie Hancock. Thank you. 
Watermelon Man, Herbie Hancock. How did you stumble upon this music again? You said uh, so. Actually, my sax teacher gave this. To me. It was this album, and then um, Sunny Side Up. If you've heard Sunny Side Up, Sunny uh, Sunny Stitt, um, Dizzy Gillespie, um, Sunny Rollins, and I forgot the two other guys on it. But it, those were like the two jazz albums that really got me got me into into jazz and just like the funk. The it w- actually, I think this this album is like a great blend of fu- funk, blues, and jazz, and it like brings it all together really well. Right, yeah. and kind of more experimental, like worldy stuff. Yeah, that was actually a um, a beer bottle that he was blowing into at the beginning what really yeah, yeah he's playing like a beer bottle interesting yeah yeah it was like because when i when i hear it i mean I, there's definitely obvious is there definitely obviously is some jazz influence but like i hear like the funk really comes out to me yeah in that one. Like, i mean herbie hancock is kind of known for his like funk and synth uh stuff he was actually on um a video was resurfacing a little while ago when he was on letterman and he was showing off one of the first synths ever Oh wow! And he was like, it was like completely analog. He was like plugging in like all the connectors, and they had like a visual representation of just like the uh, the wave pattern that the synth was coming out with. And like David Letterman and the crowd was just completely <laughs> beside themselves. It was like the first computer they'd ever seen in their lives, and it was making all these like weird trippy synth sounds. So yeah, no, he's uh, definitely a pioneer. I love it, man. Do you still play instruments at all? Ah, uh, not really. I played. So I played uh, Saxon bassoon primarily, and then I uh, I picked up flute like towards the end of high school because I like I, as like the saxophonist I had to like also learn all the flute parts. And interesting enough, I I bought a flute for like forty bucks somewhere at a at a garage sale, and I've been playing that more often. I was actually in this like music video a little while ago with um, actually a band that we'll probably hear later. And um, wait, what? You were in a music video? Yeah, it was like part of their. Um, it was like a Christmas special they wanted to put out. So it was like a few bands that all came together and they were releasing it for Consequence of Sound. Um, so they wanted to have like a, a Christmas special. But the Walter, the uh, guitarist from the Walters is Jewish. So he was like, no, I wanted to be like a Hanukkah song. So he came up with the Latka song. And I played like a little flute medley on it, had like a little bit of a solo. And we Wait, all like just went in the studio and recorded it and everything. Yeah, we have like a, a video of it. It's on, um, I think it's on YouTube. It's on Consequence of Sound. Um, website what is Consequ- is that like a, a it's label like a, a uh, music blog oh music blog okay yeah and then it's on like vimeo or something too but it's um yeah it's pretty funny we're just like all dressed up like derping around i was like actually pretty drunk for it <laughs> we like got like a little drunk and like kind of just fooled around with it but like everyone i was playing with were incredible musicians so it was it was really how did you f- well. how did you get into like involved in this uh so walter is good friends with my old roommate alec uh bossy so he's also affiliated with treehouse studios which gotcha, i think you right. know um and he was working for consequence of sound um walter kind of wanted to put something out with the orwells who were also they were they were kind of friends so they were like oh let's do this whole collaboration and then so walter was over quite a bit and i was playing some flute and he was like hey you should totally play flute on this track and so we came up with the laka song put together a little something and i uh, i jammed out on it <laughs> very interesting man yeah had you like have you continually played flute or was that like the first time you played in a while um i had actually you, you know what I think it was? I hadn't played flute in a, in a while, but it was Alec is a a photographer, so he was he shoots a lot of album covers, uh, music videos, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had a was a band coming over to do a shoot in the in in our house to um, 
it was for some magazine or something and he had me stand in to like kind of like adjust the lighting or whatever before the band came and he was like oh I'll grab some props like get crazy with it and so i got this like crazy jacket i have that was like uh silk like golf memorabilia all over it and then um i picked up my flute because it was like it was on the couch next to me and i struck this pose and the picture blew up like we put it on facebook like everyone got obsessed with it and so that's why i think why walter was kind of like hey let's like get something oh. going like this will be great and so we actually shot another flute photo for the christmas song and uh, that's out there somewhere on the internet but yeah that's so wild fun. alex is that the he sells art that same dude uh alec bossy he um is if photographer videographer he runs his own studio he does uh, quite a bit of stuff does a lot of commercials music videos right i feel um, like i met him at the new year's party was he there i don't think he was at who okay. was that um well, no, I don't think it was there. Okay. Well, yeah, sounds like an interesting guy, though. Oh, yeah. Very interesting guy. And you said he also was helped run Treehouse? For a while? Yeah. So he did um, helped out. So Treehouse is run by uh, Matt Geezer and then Barrett, who does the sound. And then Alec was uh, do a lot of the consequence of sound stuff out of there, all the video stuff and the, the photography stuff. So he'd help bring in bands. And um, yeah, it, it's a cool place to hang out. They, they throw quite a bit of parties. Yeah, it's super cool. Yeah. One shout out to... Uh, the guys who do my intro song and one of my favorite bands and a, few, a former guest in the show, The Off Days, they uh, I believe they rehearsed there. Um, they have nothing but good things to say, or they've yeah. recorded there. I don't I don't know. Yeah, it's all really cool. It's all analog, so they do everything on tape, um, which is I think one of the only places in Chicago, if not like maybe the country, that does comp- purely tape recordings. Yeah, it's very rare at this yeah. point. They actually they have the. Um, the soundboard David Bowie used to record on in uh, London. They actually shipped it over from overseas. That's so cool. Yeah. It's it's really a cool setup. So oh, I don't know where it spot. went. We used to have... Oh, yeah. There, we have a Bowie picture in here. Oh, oh, hey. There you go. In the Big G's Pizza Studio. We oh, got man. David Bowie in he's the house. He's in space suit. Yeah. He's, he's doing his thing. Um, speaking of jackets, you said you were wearing a cool jacket in that photo. Oh, yeah. You're a man of many jackets. I got too many jackets, I think. I got to start paring <laughs> down the jackets. So last time I saw you, you were in a badass leather coat. Now you yeah. got this like cool bomber jacket on. Yeah. How'd you get into all these cool jackets, man? And where do I find more of them? Uh, I feel like I uh, jackets are like the one thing I just feel like I never have enough of, but have way too many of them. <laughs> I see them and like, I don't want to buy shirts. I don't want to buy pants. I don't want to buy shoes. All, I've, all I want to get is jackets. The problem is jackets are usually more expensive than all those other articles of clothing. So. Yeah. All the you other find accoutrements. Yeah, thrift stores. Um, they do uh, look. Shout out for to luxury garage sale. That's where I got that leather jacket. Mm. Um, they is that a brick and mortar store or what is it? They do have a brick and mortar store, but it's all women's stuff. Um, mm. They have it's like essentially uh, luxury consignment. So when you have like high end designer stuff, you you bring it to them and they they mark it at a price and then you get a cut of whatever they sell it for. Oh, okay. And so you don't get paid until they sell it. Um, they don't get paid until they sell it. Uh, and it's usually like higher and stuff and it's all, it, almost all women's. Um, but a lot of these women will come in, they'll sell like all their like Gucci handbags and, uh, Tory Burch or whatever. And then they'll have all their like husband stuff and they'll be like, Hey, I'm going to just want to get rid of this too. But luxury garage sale, it doesn't seem like they really sell it like publicly very often. Um, they'll do like sales like two or three times a year. Um, but they're all out of their warehouse. So I'll just go over there and pick up whatever i want be like, yeah, i'll give you a hundred bucks for this this is this is great nice yeah. they got like designer suits like really cool stuff you got to come next time we go dude yeah let me know yeah i'm down yeah it's great i got um, our whole house into it <laughs> yeah dude you're just like you should be getting like kickbacks at this yeah point. i should get, get a re- little referral bonus yeah what if you say like you have like a date coming up or like yeah like a big event mm-hmm. 
what jacket are you picking to wear? Oh man, that's what's your, hard. What's your go-to jacket? I do. I think it it depends on the type of event. I think I have like a pretty nice, uh, just like a, I want to say like a work jacket, like overcoat. Hmm. That one's pretty decent. It's like just blue and um, it's more professional. But then I mean the leather jacket, I I really do like. So I'll probably bust that out for for any type of like night on the town. Yeah, leather you know, jacket. You got to be seen. You got to be in somewhere cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that. I'm a big fan. I've been. Um, I got my first leather jacket couple weeks ago and so i've been pretty stoked about it oh yeah Dude, it's because it's finally jackets. it's finally weather jacket yeah. or leather leather weather yeah fucking a anyways yeah it's finally time it is and you only get like so much of that weather in chicago a year it's like sometimes it feels like it's honestly one week like whereas in san francisco somewhere like that you're like cool i can wear this jacket all year round yeah you it's need a couple yeah. you're gonna you need <laughs> a rotation right through them. yeah here yeah i mean you really only need just just the one because you get like yeah. you can count the days on two hands yeah exactly but we're here and so it's jacket season. Yeah, so it is. I also know that Hunter is also a big jacket guy. Oh, He's yeah. a former, also shout out Hunter Post, former guest on the show. So you guys just like are a, a house of jackets. Yeah, we do have a lot of jackets in that house. We should probably start rotating them. I, mean, I think we should like start an ex- exchange service between us. That'd be good. Yeah, like a Netflix yeah. for jackets. Yeah, we did have a night actually. We went out uh, maybe actually probably two years ago at this point when we moved into our new place where we all wore um, track jackets. <laughs> so we all had like just these wacky track jackets. And so we like threw them on and went out. I wore that like silk uh, golf whatever printed jacket. Hunter wore his, uh, he has like one of those Japanese souvenir jackets. And there was like five of us probably. We went out to the bar across the street. We just moved in. We were like, let's check out this bar. Let's get a few drinks. <laughs> they had no idea. We got there <laughs> and the place went wild. Like I've never had so many people come up to us and just be like, yo, are you guys in a band? Like what's the deal? Like, right. What are you guys doing? Like what's going on here? Like why are you guys all in these cool jackets? Like we just... Dude, I got an I got an idea for you. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out there right now because mm-hmm. I want in on this. Because you guys are always doing cool stuff like this, and this is my way of getting in on it. Join Let's us. Let's all get Power Ranger suits. Oh my re- god! And dress up as Power so Rangers in. and just go out on a random I'm night so down. in the summer. Yeah. Oh my god! Hundred percent. Dibs in. on blue. Yeah. Dibs on blue. All the other ones you can call dibs right now if there's a color you want. But Oof, I, that's you know, hard. And you can think about it. You know, it's pick blue right now. Blue is the. Blue's the coolest color. I, that's why I, my idea. I gotta take dibs on that. I had a blue and a red Power Ranger figure uh, growing up, so I'd, mm. I'd have to go with red. That'd be my second. Perfect. Choice. That's yeah. It's like yeah. it's. Like, so we're taking the two cool Power Rangers. Oh, actually, no, the black one's pretty sweet. Well, because he was the black one, and then he was the green one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, like or maybe was the white happened the to black one. Was there a silver one at some point? Yeah. There's a lot of options. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. no, I, I like think this. I like this idea. Yeah. Quite a bit. So we're, I'm putting it out there. We're gonna make this happen some point this summer. We're all gonna go out the because, dude. Jacks are one thing, dude, but Power Rangers. Power Rangers, it's next level. That's next like level. Up, turn the amp up to 11 right there. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right. So it's happening. It's out in the ether. Also out in the ether is a song called Inhale, Exhale. Tell us about it. Yeah. Um. So this is by a band called Now. I wanted to put a little bit more like newer stuff in here because I was like, oh, my God, all these songs are like kind of old. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought this was I tried to mix it up with genres a little bit. This is a little bit more like that uh, fun kind of R&B soul. Um, I really like the song. I feel like it just, um, it's like a great chill out kind of dance. Like end of the night, you want to like kind of keep the party going, but not go to, go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Song. Um, yeah, that's all I really have to say about it. All right. Let's jump into it. This is a song called inhale, exhale by now.
Not spelled N-O-W, though. N-A-O. N-A-O. Slight nuance. Mixing it up. How did you come across that song? Oh, man. Actually, I don't know. Um, I know she's from London. Um, Yeah. I think it might have been... I, I'm a big fan of Jungle, and I think it, it mm. popped up with something Jungle-related. Mm-hmm. Um, jungle just played at Metro, I want to say. Yeah, I saw him at Metro. Uh Maybe not this last time, but the time before that. It was, it was maybe like uh, eight months ago. Okay, nice. Yeah. No, yeah. the awesome show. One of my friends, show. shout out Bridget Anderson, if you're listening. She came on the show and played uh, the Jungle song. I forget which one. Um, but it was awesome. I mean, they're, yeah. they're a lot of fun. Oh, man. Rock out. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. What would you say like is your um, like your favorite genre of music? Or what do you find yourself listening That's to? That's hard. Um because I listen, I think that's kind of why I picked a lot of different stuff too. Is because I like, depending on what mood I'm in, like I'll literally listen to jazz, classical. Um, I like kind of the R and B stuff. Um, I don't listen to a ton of rap, although I've gone through phases where I'll like listen to a ton of Snoop Dogg and NWA. Yeah. Um, I'd say mostly it comes down to like indie rock 
kind of hard rock or um I don't even know what would you call like zoo or like kind of electronic like uh it's like not chill like, electronic right it's not, it's not like edm but it's like no. it's still like electronically yeah, focused yeah i'd yeah. say like between those genres it kind of spans between between them um, nice. we got a, our extra guest in the house dog yeah. walt um oh, interesting yeah, that it, is there um like, is there any big concerts you've seen? I know you were just talking off the air about Maceoplex and stuff. Are there any like yeah. good shows you've been to recently? Uh, Maceoplex was sweet, for sure. Um, Jungle was also awesome. Recently, I feel like I've seen a lot of techno music just because Matt is like the instigator for all things techno. Um, I'm seeing Vampire Weekend coming up this summer, so that should be cool. Where, um, do, where does Vampire... Are they playing at the Riv? Or? No, I think it's like Alpine Valley, maybe? No, oh. no not Alpine Valley. Uh... I'm not sure. My friend James got the tickets, actually. Okay, so cool. I'm going to go with him uh, and his family. So that should be fun. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, I know his family pretty well. Um, other than that, I'd say, like, I could name maybe, like, my top favorite bands I've ever seen live. Yeah, what's the best? Out. Is there, like, a show in particular that stood out? I'd say I could I could narrow it down to the best shows I've seen at, like, every festival. Um, I've been to a lot of festivals, so I'm not going to go through every one. But I'd I guess say like, a better question would, I think, would be, what was one show that you didn't expect to be awesome, but was that like really like knocked, ooh. knocked your socks off, so to speak? Is there anything? Yeah, that's hard. Um, I'd say Portugal, the man at Coachella was really good, like five, six years ago, and because I didn't know who Portugal the man was right. at that point, and I saw them, and I was like, this band can like really rock out. It was amazing that they just never stopped playing music every song transitioned into another song and there were points where you were just like what is happening right now this is absolutely insane like time signatures key signatures all of it was just like the fluidness of like how they could play together and rock out like in between the songs was just as impressive as like how they played them i wanted to see them when they came to chicago i think last year but i never yeah they've blown up in the last like two years they're huge now so right it's probably not that surprising that they were really great back then (laughs) yeah it's it's cool like to see a band like that like when you just know like because i remember i saw like a low block at um like like the the same time that dollar i need a dollar came out or whatever oh yeah it's before like um he it was like right before that song came out mm-hmm. and i was like who is this guy he's yeah. incredible so good like he's such a great stage and then presence. they blow up like a year two yeah years like later. a few months later yeah. i was like hearing him on the radio i'm like oh and then like the avici song came out and i was like oh yeah, this dude there you go. yeah uh-huh. and i don't think he's done a ton yet but yeah. um it's cool to see bands like that yeah yeah definitely i'd say rage against the machine was probably one dude of you saw rage ones. against the machine yeah. at oh coachella uh no at Lollapalooza. Uh, what was the year was that like 2006 2008 i think holy shit yeah it so was what, like i think a three people three people died uh at that show they brought down the fences. they had to stop the show a few times um they what literally stopped the concert i i don't know five times because like people were getting crushed and they were like please like back up like people are getting injured and they'd like cut camera like on one of the loud plus screens so like this girl that face was just gushing blood you're like oh my god what is happening right now and i was so drunk and like a kid i was just like oh rock on <laughs> it was it was wild. wow because yeah i mean dude the emotions are running high like i would yeah i would empty my bank account right now to go see oh my Rage god Against the machine live. it was nuts it was really really next level stuff um that was yeah 2008 i think so i started going to loud plus in 2006 when i was eighth grade going into freshman year and then i went every year except one until 
like I'd say midway through college, maybe end of college. So it was a few years there in a row that yeah. I was going to Lollapalooza. Do you do you see any like big noticeable changes over time? Yeah. Oh uh, well, I don't even know if it's that noticeable or that big of a change, but it was it's like just kids. Like it's all kids. And I'm like fine with it because like that's what I was doing at that age. And like yeah. you know, like it's fun to be at like a kid like 17 years old and like trying to like figure out how to get alcohol and like go running around concerts and like getting drunk and like doing all that stuff and like so i can't you can't really knock them for it but yeah it's just not really something i want to do anymore <laughs> just because yeah. like you, it's like a lot of that and you're like i'm like running around through like high school kids like it's not as much fun as like a an older yeah. festival pitchfork is is i liked uh a good amount um obviously yeah. shout out postdoc as yeah, always. postdoc, of course. Postdoc is honestly the ideal festival because you you're it's just so relaxed. It's incredible music. It's a lot of music you don't know. Whereas I feel like I've seen a lot of the bands I like at this point. Yeah. So it's I don't have as big of an urge to like see more music I know of. I want to see more music I don't know. Mm-hmm. And postdoc is like the the perfect mix of that. Yeah. Yeah. Always. We are a very pro postdoc podcast. Oh yeah. So Hunter was on last? Yeah, his well his week? episode came out. Today, today yeah, yeah, yeah it came out today so we're recording this on the day that hunters came out which i don't even know it was the 17th of uh 19th, 18th yeah 18th of april so i don't this will probably come out in early may but anyways mm-hmm. good stuff we got a band up next who we both have geeked out over oh yeah uh band called wolf mother this is a remix of a song that people might know so tell us about it yeah so it's wolf mother who i saw first time i went to Lollapalooza in 2006 and mastercraft which is probably them and Justice got me into electronic music at a very young age. And uh, the remixes I just couldn't say enough about. I actually met um, Jesse from Mastercraft about a year ago at uh, at Treehouse. He was recording. And so oh, I went over there to go see him. I, my Alec was uh, recording him or whatever. It was like him, Alec, and uh, Matt. And I think Barrett, the sound guy, and then me and I think Hunter came with and because we were just like, I want to meet Mastercraft. Like mm-hmm. that is like a dream of mine. And so we hung out in the studio for a little bit, had a few beers and talked about masturbating most of the time. Oh, he is, had quite has quite the uh, array of masturbating stories. So oh, that was fun to listen to. Uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. No, he's uh, a great guy. I, I told him straight <laughs> up. I was like, listen, like that. Well, well, the name like master mastercraft masturbating. It's just yeah. 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 He was like, oh yeah, I've masturbated on planes. He's like, Do you remember? <laughs> he's like, you remember when you were a kid and like you were in the ocean, and you were you just like you pop one and like you just need to rub it out in the ocean, but you're like everyone was like around you, so you had to like be sneaky about it. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about, sir. What? Like, what are you saying? <laughs> this is ludicrous behavior. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I was gonna I was gonna try to weave my way in to get some of those stories out, but I'm glad we've got yeah, at least no, the cliff got, notes. That's that's probably all you need to know about actually was thinking about putting a death from above song on here if oh, you what's that them. death from above uh 1979 they so that's who uh what's his name jesse uh uh keeler i think it is he uh before massacraft he was in this band death from above and they're like hard rock like raging moshing hmm. i want to say like almost metal-esque um they're great, and so it's very different music than Mastercraft, but it's uh, it's it's pretty good. I would I'd highly recommend it. Okay, interesting. I like. Well, seems like seems like a character for yeah. sure. Yeah, he is. He's he's quite the guy. Well, let's let's jump into it. This is a song called "Woman: The Mastercraft Remix" by Wolfmother.
right, so that was the Mastercraft remix of Woman by Wolf Mother. So for some of you that listen to the show you and haven't been on the show, you don't probably don't understand the fact that we, while the songs are playing, Braham and I were still talking. Um, so what I'll do is I'll go into post-production and I'll just like kind of mute these lines. So people, sometimes we come back into the show with some new ideas. It's because we've been talking during the songs. We don't just sit here like weirdos listening to music <laughs> in my living room. Silence. Well, we are weirdos, but not like to that extreme. But we were just talking about lucid dreaming. So please. Uh, <laughs> yeah, quite the transition. I have always wanted to experiment with lucid dreaming, but I don't have enough like patience to like write down and dream, journal my dreams so I can get better at it. Mm-hmm. Have you done it? So I used to be able to lucid dream much better than I can now. I, I can lucid dream maybe, I don't know, once well, out of every three months now. Can you explain real quick what lucid dreaming is? Yeah, so lucid dreaming is when you're kind of aware of your dream and you can control the things in your dream. Um, and it... People can be better or worse at it because a, a lot of the time what happens is you like know you're dreaming and like you try and change one thing and you wake up because like your your brain just can't handle like the controlling of like a dream, a dream state. Um, but sometimes I know you can get better at it depending on the foods you eat, what type of like if you listen to like ASMR, like sounds, um, bananas are supposed to be helpful. Wait, what uh, is, what is, is that like the thing where it's just like people the sleep like sounds? Isn't that what uh, that is? ASMR? Maybe not. I, it could be. I have, yeah. I just don't know. Um, yeah, it's like those like, um, like kind of droning sounds and like rhythms. Um, it's supposed to kind of put your brain in this pattern where you're you're sleeping but you're like still parts of your brain are still awake i think that's what it really is is like you're most of your brain sleeping but the there's a certain part of your brain that's awake that can kind of control what's going on um so yeah i don't know i just kind of like was able to do it at like in high school a little bit in college and how do you would you like purposely do no this? It, it just like i could i don't know like i would just go to sleep and then i'd realize i was dreaming and then i'd be like oh cool like i'm in a dream right now i'm gonna like run around do whatever i want and like kind of like wreak havoc over the neighborhood fly like whatever um yeah. one of my friends in college was really good at it like he trained himself like super well to be able to do it like on command and so he would like literally go to sleep every night and be like all right i'm gonna go to outer space now and like travel the universe and it was like next level stuff like honestly Dude. like drugs like <laughs> right like why would you ever wake up well some people i remember i'm a big tim ferris fan and he uh if you ever, i don't know if you've ever read his books or listened to his podcast but he's he's an interesting guy very polarizing figure but he used to use lucid dreaming as like a way to get better at wrestling. Like oh, wow. he would just like go through his wrestling moves yeah. while he was dreaming. Yeah, that's really interesting because I think you it. I have had effects like lucid dreaming. I've come to ideas in real life, especially like I think um, it helps if you're like really like if I have like a big test or something. I'm thinking about the test. I'll like be thinking about it so much that I'll like go to sleep, but I'll still be thinking about it. And at that point, I'm kind of like half awake because I'm still. Like, I know what I'm thinking about. That makes sense. That's weird. Is it like, is the sleep more or less of the same amount of like restorative? Ah, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I don't think I ever get good sleep. So that might be it. <laughs> I'm like always tired consistently. So I'm probably not the best person to ask. Have but. you ever had that thing where it's like, uh, like the paralysis or whatever it is? Oh no. My sister gets that though. That's I might've had it once terrifying. or terrifying. Yeah. She used to get it really bad. She used to tell me about it and just be like, I can't go to sleep. Bob. Do you describe what it is real quick? Yeah. So like you're essentially asleep but you're awake and you can't move so like you're completely conscious or sometimes you think you're conscious and like for example she would be asleep and she would uh be just laying in bed and she would hear something and she wouldn't be able to move but she could like open her eyes or like seemingly open her eyes i'm not sure if it's like you're physically opening your eyes or not 
Um, but you're just in like a uh, paralysis state and you can't, you can't move at all. So it's like kind of terrifying because you're like, okay, like how do I get up? Like, am I ever going to get up? Like that type of thing. Right. Um, and she would say like she would try and breathe weird to wake up like my other sister or someone to like come like, and shake like her shake awake. her up. Uh, yeah, it sounds terrifying. I do not envy. It's like a complete opposite of lucid dreaming. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, it's like fun mu- and terrifying. Yeah, it's like the fucking limbo almost. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like uh, from Inception. Because yeah. she's also told me that like sometimes she'll like have it, but like she'll hear like a like uh, someone coming to like murder her or something, which it sounds like it's more of like a dream than a actual like you're awake and you can't move. Yeah, it sounds like it's very interesting. I get the, the more we talk about this now, the more I'm like, I want to experiment and like try to, yeah. Do, Cause I don't think I've ever really done it. Um, of like lucid dreamt like that, but it seems like it's a weird form of, of like on the fringes of consciousness. Yeah. You know? It's hard. Cause I mean the first while you'll do it, like you'll just be like, Oh my God, I'm lucid dreaming. And then you'll wake up because so you'll, excited. yeah, you'll realize you can't get excited because you'll, you'll know. I think like, yeah, the last, I don't want to talk about my dreams too much. Yeah, sure. No <laughs> one wants to hear my dreams. Um, but yeah, it, it does. Uh, it, it's pretty. It's pretty crazy. That's so wild, man. Yeah, I've. It's on the bucket list, so maybe this will be the the spark I need to keep it going. Yeah. Um, you could read some stuff online. Eat, eat a bunch of bananas. I think you'll be okay. Oh, so it's <laughs> actually eating the bananas. Yeah, yeah, helps. Okay. I think there's something like potassium. There's like certain chemicals that help. Oh, interest. I believe it. Yeah. 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 That's crazy, man. Well, so the last band, Wolf Mother, was from Australia. You and another former guest named Carson have. Uh, Carson Master and shout out, excellent photographer. He's killing it, by the way. Oh yeah, he but, was on Unsplash again on the um editorial feed today. Yeah, he's just yeah. he's crushing it, man. Yeah, doing well. Um, but you guys are potentially going to Australia. Yeah. Um, we're trying to aim for New Year's. So we were thinking about moving to Australia, but we talked to our families and yeah. <laughs> we're kind of like, uh. Will you ever? Will we ever see you again? Because it's a right. quite a long flight. It's what is like twenty hours to get there. Yeah, and we did kind of realize like somewhere like Australia, like we're not going to be able to like travel around that much and like see friends yeah. back home. I mean, it's like a two thousand dollar twenty hour flight, so not not ideal. So a little, yeah, a little bit of a barrier to entry there. Yeah, we're thinking London now. Um, London's Ooh. like the the reach. New York is kind of like the the easier step. So we'll see. We'll see where we end up. You've been to, you've been to London a couple times, right? Yeah, I studied abroad in London too. Uh, like oh, badass! Yeah, college. Yeah, so you know it, it. I've only been there. I've been there like a couple times, but I, I love. It seems like it would be the best place to live, or one of the best. places. Oh yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, the only issue is like you have to make a ton of money, and mm-hmm. like jobs there actually pay like a little less than they do here. So really, how do people live there? Dude? I do. I don't know. I don't understand it. Because <laughs> it isn't. Yeah, because especially with the currency exchange, and everything it's not cheap. Yeah, I think the way uh, the best way to do it is to find a American company and then have them send you there. Because then you're making like the the U.S. money, and then you can like spend it there. And they give you like a little bit of a salary increase because of the exchange rate or whatever. Um, yeah, but it's uh, it would definitely be sweet. Yeah, I mean, be a hell of an experience living in Europe is. I don't know. Yeah. Just, it's so cool. Like I, uh, in general, just being like, I don't know, living outside of the U S I think everyone should do it for at least a short period of time. You yeah. Know? I could not recommend it enough. I wasn't going to study abroad. And then I, uh, last minute d- decided like a month before that I was just going to apply to a school separately from oh, college nice. and, and go. So, so you went, you went to Berkeley, right? Yeah. Yeah. What was it like going to school in the Bay area? Um, it was, the weather was awesome. The campus was beautiful. Um, I mean, the school was great. It was a little, 
like super academic like berkeley i think in general Mm -hmm. um but then you kind of had san francisco and like all these other cities like around you so it was a lot of fun i think did you venture out to sf a bit yeah so i like actually wasn't really in school my last year i just kind (laughs) of like uh went to london and like hung out and partied and worked on uh actually one of the uh, i worked on the startup that did like uh virtual reality like text recognition so kind of the stuff we were talking about oh it was just a shameless plug for that yeah no i actually totally forgotten i had worked on it when we were talking about it um but yeah i I mean san francisco is awesome i think it's a little small and that's kind of why i wanted to come back to chicago because after like four years there i had pretty much seen like all the bars everything to do in san francisco Mm -hmm. and you do kind of have that outdoor stuff which is great because you know like all year round you can be doing things I mean, you live there. You kind of know, mm-hmm. like, what that's like. Just like you know, you have like a another layer of things to do other than like bars and like events. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I liked it a lot. I thought, but yeah, Berkeley again was like a little academic. Like it was just like you were competing against like people that just studied nonstop all the time. Right. So you're like, shit. Like, I really gotta gotta put my yeah. full force into this uh, the studying thing. Yeah, that's the crazy. I mean, that was always a thing of being living in California and like seeing like I had a lot of. Um, like colleagues that had kids that were like applying to schools and stuff. And mm-hmm. it's like those UFC schools are all legit as fuck. Like they're yeah. all incredible. And everyone, like this massive state of California is like, everyone's battling to get in and it's so tough. And it's just like, yeah. I'm sure it's just an extremely competitive environment. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, if I had to do it again, I think I would pick a more well-rounded school and like a private school. Cause I was paying private school tuition to go to a yeah. public school where like it was like pulling teeth to get anything done. Like I wanted to like double major and do all this stuff. And they're like, Oh, like our classes are overbooked. You can't be in this class this semester. You have to pick this class like next Good semester. Grief. And I'm like, can I just take the classes I want? Like I'm paying you like 50 grand a year to like come here. Like, it's like this... please just help. Yeah. Me. And that's why like, I ended up just being like, screw it. I'm not going to, I'm going to graduate early and just not pay the tuition the last year. Cause I'll save $50,000 and yeah. be able to get my own education however I want. Well, but I mean like the area you, is man. beautiful. Like, so it was, it was definitely fun staying there. <laughs> yeah. I always, I always like the few times I would went out in Berkeley and stuff. I always had a, like a, I wish that I had went there. I was like, this is just like, yeah. It's so nice. Oh my God. The food too was incredible. Do you ever go to a place called Easy Creole? Have you ever heard of this place? It might have been oh. newer when. No, I don't think so. Okay. It's like on the outskirts of Berkeley. But, anyways, yeah. I, I can imagine. Like, yeah. There's probably oh good food God. everywhere. Mexican food, everything. Mediterranean food. I, I just like ate out every day because I was like, screw yeah. this. I'm not going to cook all this food so good. Exactly. Also, like being in college, dude, like you got more important things to do. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, and I could get. I could afford to gain the weight because I was like 100 and like. 20 pounds going into college. <laughs> so I was like, I need to gain some weight. You Gotta know, get like, that yoke on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah, man. Well, we're no longer in California. We're coming at you live. In <laughs> Chicago, we got a new song called New Girl Prince Tom Song by the Walters. So this is a band you know personally, right? Yeah, we were talking like. about them earlier. Uh, so tell so us about it. Walter from the Walters actually took my room um, at my old place when I oh. moved out. Um, it was a great guy. We actually did a music video a little while ago. Um, called the Laka song which i mentioned and yeah they're like a great chicago band um they unfortunately broke up but i thought i felt like this was like a good uh indie rock song maybe like beach rock to kind of like bring in the summer so perfect well i'm always a fan of that here's a song called new girl tom song by the walters
That was New Girl, Tom's song by the Walters. Yeah, real fun, like upbeat track. Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. They seem like I wish they were still playing together. I know. Their whole album's great. I mean, that was like definitely one of the albums that you just like run through through the summer when you uh you need some good uh good tunes in the background. How did you become friends with these guys? Uh through Alec. I think Alec went to uh DePaul with Walter. And then yeah, we just like hung out, linked up. Nice. Yeah. Fucking, fucking love it, man. Well, Walter, come on the show. Make yeah. some new music, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Let's get him on here. If you want someone to lay down some bass tracks, you know where to find me. So, good stuff, man. Um, try to think. There was some question I was going to ask you, uh, but I have forgotten. So, let's just talk about uh, what... So, you went to Burning Man. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Is there any, any interesting stories that you want to share? I know you... The last time we had talked about this, 
you were telling me about these insane lasers, and I think people need oh to hear God, about them. Oh my God, the lasers. Let me tell you guys. Burning Man has the best lasers. Um, it's really, really incredible. Like, they, the amount of money that's spent per, like, so they have essentially these art cars that each, like, camp can, like, um, essentially register, and then you can put whatever you want on them. A lot of, a lot of them will host, like, a DJ and, like, lights and whatever, and, um, people just go ham with it. Like, there are truly millions and millions of dollars that go into, like, a single art car, and, um, two of the bigger ones are, I, there's a rumor that it was the Mexican cartel and <laughs> Colombian cartel and they're funded, um, through like cartel money. I think what it actually is, is like the son of like a very wealthy business owner in Mexico, um, who has cartel connections, like basic, like fell in love with Burning Man and was like, I'm going to put like $10 million in this art car. So, um, essentially what it is, is like a, a rolling platform of lasers on wheels and these things yeah. are so bright you could like see them you i mean you can't see the end of them they literally cut the sky in half um and yeah i I, my, I can't even like wrap my head around that like i feel like i would just go cross-eyed looking at it i mean you could see them at, from any spot i mean the playa at, at burning man is is huge it takes probably like 30 to 40 minutes to bike from one end to the other like if you wanted to bike from the actual like where camps are and then from there, you can just bike in the middle of the desert, which these art cars will just like drive. So there's like a, a semicircle of, of camping. And then in between that semicircle is like kind of the, the central camp area where like the, the man is and the temple and everything. And then from there, there's a whole top half of the semicircle that's just completely open desert. And so these art cars will like get in the middle, they'll like circle around a little bit and then they'll just drive for like 30 minutes into the middle of nowhere into the desert. So like so far that you can't see anything, like you can't see like the man, you can't see any lights from Burning Man, you are literally in the middle of nowhere in the desert and they'll just shine. The only way you'll find them and you know that what the, where the top uh, art cars are because they'll have the most powerful lasers and you'll just see from your camp a laser just shining into the middle of the sky from like what seems like the middle of nowhere. And so you bike out there and you like find it. And yeah, it's it's really, really something so fucking trippy. It sounds, it sounds like so much and so much awesomeness. Yeah. There's all at once. But it also feels like the... Um, I don't know, like the achiever in me or whatever. I just feel like this massive sense of FOMO. Like, yeah. Cause like you, there's, there's so much going on. There's no way you can experience it all. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, especially because like they have a whole day thing and a whole night thing. So like during the day they have all these camps set up and like everyone's just trying to get you to come in their camp to like, you know, hang out, drink, play whatever games they have. I mean, they have like pop-up bars, pop-up games, events, karaoke, like you name it, just everything. And, um, so during the day you're like biking around and all these people are like, come, come to our camp, come to our camp. Like we're, we'll miss you and like give you free massages. And like, we have like a, um, tattoo table or like just like random, random stuff. And then at night, it, like throughout the entire night into like 10 in the morning, they have all these art cars and parties in the middle of the desert. So it's like, you can't physically do all of it in one day. Cause like even biking around for like five hours in the middle of the day, like a hundred degree, hundred degree heat in the desert is like exhausting enough. And then like add like another 12 hour party on top of that. Like you'll never last. So like you do have to kind of pick and choose like what, what you're going to go see. Right. And yeah, throw drugs in the mix. I'm sure. And yeah, it's just yeah, like you know. this, this <laughs> crazy cocktail of stimuli. Yeah. Yeah. But it sounds awesome. No, it's, it's, I highly, highly recommend it. It is an insane amount of work, but it is worth every single 
blood, sweat, and tear, you put into it. Oh, fuck yeah. Is there any, um, if you had to pick like one thing that will like, you'll never forget about it. Oh man. Is there like anything that stands out to you? Yeah. I would say, uh, biking around and at one point, uh, like just a little bit, uh, you know, we were, we were feeling a little, little weird. Feeling, and feeling we, good. We, uh, happened upon a full roller skating rink and it was Michael Jackson night. I mean, this thing was bigger than a basketball court. Middle of the desert, hardwood floors, and they had pick your own skates. So whatever size you were, roller skates for everybody. We threw them on and we roller skated around this roller rink at like four thirty in the morning, just listening to Michael Jackson, and it was it was truly truly unbelievable. God damn! Don't stop till you get enough. Man. Yeah, yeah. Lord have mercy. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like, dude, it's it's something I got to experience. Uh, yeah, I would highly recommend. And- everyone to go at least once yeah, it's truly it's, it's definitely life-changing in, in a certain aspect yeah it seems like it can be like it seems like a lot of people like and i asked this i think to hunter and maybe mike too or did mike go last year yeah 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 mike i think i'm gonna ask one of the two i forget but like is there anything was there any like core lesson that you kind of learned from it man uh be prepared like you gotta <laughs> you gotta have all your stuff but it, it was really really remarkable at like how giving and helpful everyone was like you lose a speaker you lose um like your car doesn't start your bike like fails you'll have somebody that like knows exactly what they're doing there and is willing to help you out for free they'll dedicate almost their entire day just to help you get like have a great experience there like our friend um terrell he's like six five and like 270 pounds (laughs) he uh he had this like tiny pink bike and he kept breaking the pedals off his bike because he's just he was just like too big for it. And he uh, so the pedal was completely stripped and just broken off. And this guy, we, we like we're stranded in the middle of the playa. Couldn't get back. He was like walking his bike. He's like, this sucks. It's going to take me an hour and a half to walk back. And we're like, well, we'll like piggyback you on our bikes. We'll get there. Like, you know, so we um, happened upon this camp and we're like, hey, do you guys have anything that we can like get this pedal back on this bike? And then it was totally stripped. Like it had ripped right off. The uh, grooves were gone. And this guy like had a bunch of tools. He came up to us. He started threading this pedal on. Like I've never seen anyone thread like a a bolt on a nut in my life like it was methodical and slow and just like the amount of focus he had was was incredible and he uh he got the thing back on like slowly like applied some like glue or whatever and was like wow it's not every day you have a ferrari mechanic able to work on your bike oh (laughs) (laughs) wow yeah there you go like that's it that was it like there you just have such a unique a, a unique array of people with such diverse skills and uh willing to help it's interesting man because like it's weird because like you feel good when you help people yeah right yeah you really do and like you don't i don't think we get enough opportunities uh today like to help a random stranger yeah you know what i mean like it everyone's brighten it brightens everyone's day it brightens your day it brightens their day everyone right. around you <laughs> it's like at the end of the day like you just want to feel useful in yeah. life right yeah and you know i, I don't know it's i think that's an interesting lesson to learn. I never like really thought about it that way, but it's like maybe we should all seek out more yeah. ways to like help your your neighbor, you know? Yeah, I think that's kind of where Burning Man like definitely definitely steps in. Right. Yeah, it's like the core the core tenant, right? Yeah. I love it, man. Well, 
exciting stuff. We're a, also a pro Burning Man podcast. Uh, we're Sponsor also, us. Yeah. Burning Man, come on. Come on the show, the entity of Burning Man. Uh, not quite Burning Man, but Fantastic Man by William, what's the? William Onyebor. Okay. What a name. Tell us about it, please. Uh, so this guy, I also don't quite know how I found him. Although I think it was on an Apple commercial a few years back. Um, but I found this song and it just spoke to me. Like, you know, when you're like, this is my the theme song to my life. Ooh, okay. I felt that about this song. And uh, William Onyebor is like a Nigerian um, music artist. I think he, it was during like the 70s, 80s um, was like where he was most prominent. I think he actually died a couple years ago. But he was super interesting um, because he like rose to fame in Nigeria, was huge, like huge pop artist and was like a born again Christian, like at a a few years, like he 10 years of music, born again Christian, and then came out saying music was the worst thing that ever happened to him. And that he regrets every, all the fame and all the music he's ever put out. And which I thought was really, really remarkable. I think there's a documentary out. I haven't seen it yet about uh, it's a vice documentary about like trying to find him and like talk to him and like figure out like what happened in his life and you know why he felt mm. that way because a lot of his music is is really really cool. Um, and Nigeria in general like, has has some has some great stuff. I don't know if you know uh, Fela Kuti. You listen to him. He's also a crazy Nigerian uh, kind of funk jazz artist he he actually founded his own country and like what out of nigeria he like tried to that? start his own commune the, <laughs> the state like murdered his family and um what yeah so actually he started his own commune married 27 women i believe okay and uh was like making music out of it and just like we are independent from nigeria this is our own um it's our own government we're gonna rule ourselves we can marry whoever we want i think there were a lot of drugs involved as well and um the the government obviously wanted no part in that so they came they beat him up they said they, i think they beat him like near to death what? they threw his mom out a window and she ended up dying so he brought her coffin and there's a song he put out uh coffin at the head of state brought her coffin to the head of state's building and played a concert like at there and it's a live recording you can hear this like what all going down. wild world we live in. yeah man. so like that was the other nigerian so it was actually between him and what william Onyebo or who i was going to put in the fela kuti stuff's a lot longer and a, a little bit more trippy so i figured this would be a a more fun hit wow i I'm, I'm so interested in like his um his perspective though to like to swear off the fame and stuff like that like to go yeah. like, completely reclusive like that yeah, yeah did they ever really figure out exactly what his sentiment was um i don't remember i think there was something i think he came out later saying like you know maybe it wasn't the worst thing that's happened but i don't think it ever got to i just know there's advice i probably should watch the advice documentary yeah. well I mean, there like, we go well, we'll get together. <laughs> that probably has all the answers that'll be our homework yeah, we'll, we'll get exactly. together we'll watch this vice documentary um but for now let's listen to the song this is called Fantastic Man by William Unaber. Thank you. 
that was Fantastic Men by William Anyabor. Yeah. And so we were talking, we were, we were jamming a little bit. You were telling me about how you kind of found the music through these old downloading sites back in the day. Yeah. I used to be a, a huge nerd back in the day and um, used a site called what.cd. So it was based on um, this, uh, the different ways you could store and save music and different compression rates. So they would have like FLAC, 320 kilobytes a second, MP3 quality. So is FLAC like the CD. most uncompressed? Yeah, FLAC okay. is completely uncompressed. Um, and I've heard, I don't think this is true. I should probably know this, but it was like, um, like you have to rip it from records, like completely uncompressed. I don't think that's necessarily true. That, that was, I think, something that they had on their site where it was like, if you want like complete pure sound quality, like the record has like better sound quality because the grooves are longer and you can like kind of get more of like the sound in each from the mm -hmm. needle, like a really, really nice record player. Um, whereas CDs, like everything's a little bit more condensed, but it's easier to use, but it's not as high quality. Uh -huh. um, so FLAC was like closer to the record quality. Uh, but yeah, anyway, you had to like know all about like the different compression rates and like take a test to basically show them that you knew what you were doing when you were downloading and uploading music and they had like bounties on hard to find songs That's so, so you could, wild dude you could upload the the hard to find stuff oh, dude i fucking miss those stuff. days man i miss those days of like because that reminds me so much of high school of like going and like finding oh, yeah. um like rare system of a down uh like live and like primus oh, like 100%. live shows and stuff and like yeah i was like what is this flag shit i had to like download a special <laughs> uh player and stuff and it was just like yeah yeah play. you had to get the uh it was i used like vlc music yeah vlc dude yeah, 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 yeah i still use that shit it's today great. but yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. you might be the only other person i've ever you might be the only person i've ever talked to that like knows that about that stuff yeah oh my god i i loved it i like was saying like i would only download Radiohead and Flack. And then, like, I didn't have enough storage on my computer, so everything else had to be, like, 320, like, kilobytes a second or whatever. That's so funny. The next dude. one was. Oh. Yeah. We've come such a long way now. Now no one owns any music anymore. We I know. Just, we just stream everything. Yeah, it's hard. I, like, I was also, like, kind of, like, an old school, like, I had to listen to an album all the way through. Like, I would never pick songs or make playlists. <laughs> so I would download an album... And I would just start it from the top and like play it through. And I think I like didn't know song names as well because of that. Cause I would just like know the album and I know the artist and I'd be like, cool. If I want to listen to a song on that album, I just listen to the whole album. And, uh, it's kind of come to bite me in the ass now with like Spotify and like how all this new stuff works. Cause I'm like, Oh God, I pick, gotta pick songs and make playlists. Like yeah. it's still time consuming. It's tough, man. Yeah. It's like if, uh, and I've talked with a couple of people about this, but it, it does seem like making albums is kind of like dead. Like people yeah. don't, it's all about, the, it's a single world now. Singles. Yeah. It's a single world. Release a single, you get your top 10, top hundred and then. Yeah. Just know. try to sneak. Yeah. Cause I mean the game, the game now is like, you got to make it onto these curated playlists. Like yeah. that's how you pop off is you get put on these like mixes, uh, like daily yeah, mixes. Spotify will put you on your discover weekly and then you're huge. Exactly. Yeah. Um, cause that's what I was, I've been talking to, um, I've been interviewing more and more artists now and like all, like I had a guy on named Scrizzly Adams who has like a mm -hmm. one of his record or songs is like almost a million plays and like that's what he happened to him like he got yeah thrown on some a couple of playlists and it, it got traction it just yeah. happens that was the same with the Walters they like blew up um at one point because they got put on the top hundred like global list on Spotify oh, wow. and so like within a week they like quadrupled their play count on one of their songs because like it was just on this playlist of global top 100 and people all over the world were just like listening to that playlist and they yeah found them yeah so you know if you're uh 
artist out there, make friends with the people at Spotify. Yeah, yeah, right. Make them love you. Uh, get featured editorially. Editorially. Um, well, dude, that's been five songs. We're kind of at the end of the road here. and Yeah, this has been really fun. It's been a blast, dude. So the way we end the show mm-hmm. is like this. So Dave Grohl, Foo Fighters, Bridges Burned, he says, these are my famous last words. And so you, Braham, if you were to say, these are my famous last words, colon, blank, what would be that blank? Go for huh. it. Ah, uh, man. All right. These are my famous uh, last words. I'd say something that I've learned recently, or at least over the past couple of years, is to work on projects you enjoy and a lot of projects you enjoy because you never know what they're going to turn out to be. I think like I, you had Mike on a little while ago and probably talked about Up and Up a little bit, and, which was a cool project we work on starting an app and just being able to pick something up, learn a little bit about it, um, really, really get your hands dirty on on making something, um, which, you know, could have an impact. And like, you know, if it doesn't work out, move on to the next thing, move on to the next thing. And, you know, at, at one point something's going to hit and, uh, you know, that's how people make it big. So, yeah, there you go. Keep chugging, chug away, keep trying stuff. Um, what, what's an example of that? Like that you, uh, of like one of those things that has really stood out to you in the last year or two, uh, up and up has opened up a lot of doors, which was cool. I mean, like at the point when, we had our highest highs and our lowest lows. And then when we were like going to shut the doors, we were like, you know, like we've, even when we were shutting the doors, I was like, I've learned so much from this experience, yeah. just from talking to investors to, to figuring out what makes a company work, what makes a company not work, like why startups succeed and fail. Um, and then applying that to new things. I've been working on like, you know, investment strategies, um, poor choices. You know, you get your hand in enough like small little adventures, you're, something's bound to take off. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, I think like, one of the things I've realized, like the older I get, like I always feel better when I'm creating things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like making something from nothing. And surround yourself with people that want to create things with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I mean, like you guys have such an awesome group of friends, um, which you know, I'm lucky to call you all yeah. my friends as well. Of course. Um, but like all the guys that, that live in, in, in the house, uh, as it's uh, affectionately called, like you guys are all, I feel like, really good at branching out, whether you're creating new stuff or mm-hmm. you're exposing yourself to new stuff like you guys are always trying to push the limits of the comfort zone yeah it seems yeah, like definitely um, the art photography i mean people are in everything where i live <laughs> yeah which is a cool place to be and i think that's like that's uh, especially at this point in our lives like you know we were talking about like the older you get man the harder it is like yeah. the more closed-minded you get and yeah, 100%. It's, just, it's just the way it is but um i think there's so much good stuff when you fight that yeah and so wise words my friend yeah Abraham, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, dude, dude, this has been great. Thank you for having me. Fuck yeah, I'm so happy we were able to get you here, dude. It's been five songs with friends. We're out. Good night.